Hi everyone, my name is Shreya, and in this episode, I'm going to be reviewing Taylor Swift's ninth studio album titled Evermore that released December 11th. I'll be comparing Evermore with Taylor's previous albums, especially Folklore, reviewing all the tracks, and providing my opinions on my favorite and least favorite tracks in the album. So just like our previous album, Folklore, which released back in July and topped the charts, Evermore was also a surprise album that was announced 16 hours before its release on Taylor's social media pages. It contains 15 songs and is officially the sister record of Folklore in terms of genres and concepts. So in Folklore, we saw Taylor experiment with the genre of indie folk as she collaborated with Bon Iver, Aaron Dessner, and Jack Antonoff. She experimented with an album and style that has been very uncommon for mainstream artists, and I think this just goes to show how versatile she is. And she also deviated from her usual patterns of pop style music and highlighted the use of prominent instruments like pianos, whereas she kind of used a lot of more upbeat instruments like guitars in her previous albums. Also, most of her album albums before Folklore and Evermore have been largely autobiographical, while in Folklore, she exp- explores fictional stories like the fictional story of a teenage love triangle, which was portrayed through Cardigan, the leading single, August, and also Betty. Um, she also delved into mental health through the song This Is Me Trying, and she discussed the sacrifices of the frontline workers during the pandemic, um, while also developing an ode to her late grandfather through the song Epiphany. She also tells the story of American socialite Rekha Harkness through the last great American dynasty, and all in all, Folklore is extremely cohesive and largely sticks to the genre pr- uh, promised by Cardigan, the single, and the couple of first couple of beginning tracks. Um, it's also loaded with poetic language and imagery, and I think she just outdoes herself in presenting the love triangle through three different perspectives of each character in that in the story. And she uses a lot of sophisticated language, which just gives Folklore a very vintage feel. It feels something that is very uncommon, something you've never heard before, but at the same time, it resonates with you very well. So, Taylor announced the sister record Folklore a few days ago, and while the theme of presentation of Folklore is black and white, Evermore had a rustic brown theme, and I think that matches really well with um, how sonically varied Evermore is compared to Folklore. So, its single is Willow, and it's an absolutely stunning uh, single. Um, in terms of presentation and vis- visual representation. And it just picks off wherever the cardigan video from Folklore ended. It's loaded with Easter eggs, that rep- and it represent, um, represents and references all of Taylor's albums in totality, and it also represents Folklore. And that just makes it connect to Folklore, because both of them have the same indie pop um, genre, right? So... That was the first thing I noticed about that. And I also noticed that she performs a lot more in both albums. She performs a lot using lower octave notes. And that's something that's really hard for musicians to master. Because lower notes, I feel they have, a, they have more difficulty than high notes. Because you can train your voice to go higher, but not maybe not necessarily lower. And we do see a lot of lower notes in Willow and Cardigan. And that's a similarity. Um, and there are differences in the vocal textures and the sound or feel of Willow compared to Cardigan because it can, it kind of comforts you more. 
it's a little bit more of a happier song that discusses happier themes and it's a happier story. And I think it's a really good choice to put Willow as the single because it pulls the listeners in to, to listen to the rest of the album. So all in all, Willow is a masterpiece and it's a masterpiece not only lyrically but also visually and it's one of my most favorite songs in the album. The next songs, Champagne Problems and Gold Rush, accompany Willow in its lyrically intricate storytelling, delving into a rejected proposal in a daydream. Champagne Problems fits perfectly with folklore and the genre of Evermore, but Gold Rush seems to give off more of a 1989 vibe or the Red Album vibe with its fast-paced undercurrent followed by Angelic Francis. But once I listened to that again, I felt it actually did make sense to add it in Evermore because it shows how lyrically varied Evermore is and how versatile indie pop genre is. And the end result is that these tracks are extremely cohesive and they stick with you till the end. So I would definitely recommend these tracks because they're my favorite in um, Evermore, of course. So the fourth track is Tis the Season and it really has its potential, but it seems to like deviate from the environment that Evermore has created in terms of its first three tracks. And when comparing Folklore and Evermore, I could definitely say Evermore is a lively, like varied version of Folklore, but it still represents and resembles each other heavily through the indie beat. But Tis the Season resembles Folklore's tones more than Evermore. And I feel like the background, uh, background score of Tis the Season overpowers Taylor's vocals, making it a forgettable piece musically. Although lyrically, it does stand out. I have to say that for that for just the season. Um, so the next track, Tolerated, it, it completely blew, blew me away because it has such a deep meaning to it. And it talks about the feelings of being in, ignored in a relationship. So um, some people say it's, it's about a daughter being, inno- being ignored uh, or just tolerated by her father. And some say it's more of a husband-wife context. But lyrically, it's it's definitely one of the songs that ties Evermore and Folklore together, and it just strengthens Evermore, definitely. So the next one is Nobody, No Crime, and it's one of the gems in this track, and it's absolutely one of my favorites because it gives me really different wi- vibes while still sticking in the indie pop genre. And when I first heard it, I thought it was a little bit like the genre of rock that... Taylor tries to go into kind of um, in reputation a little bit, um, and I thought it didn't really sit completely right compared to previous tracks, um, but it actually did. Once I listened to it again, I realized it was really, it really matched Evermore, and it, again, just goes to show how versatile indie pop is and how versatile Taylor is for making such a song. And so she collaborated with the Heim sisters for this piece, um, and that's Esty Heim, Alana Heim, and Daniel Heim, they are a pop rock band. She weaves a murder revenge story that is basically like a movie, but sonically. And that's super intriguing because it hooked me to the very end. Um, so the way she kind of frames it as a story, it still has a suspense and um, interest that you might have if you're watching a film or something. And that's, I found that aspect of Nobody, No Crime, really, really cool. And the next song is Happiness. And in my opinion, 
Happiness is pleasant, but it's it's forgettable. The track is pleasant, but it is forgettable. And the next track, uh, Dorothea, it echoes Betty from Folklore in terms of background scores and subjects. Um, it sort of continues the story from Tis the Season in a very different perspective. So she does go back to the perspective thing that she did in Folklore. So that was really satisfying. Then we have Coney Island, which is also great. Um, and we have Taylor and National work on that. Both of their voices blend very well in terms of vocality and tonality. So that's that's really good. And then we have Ivy, which is a collaboration that truly stands out. And its bridge is extremely captivating. It also showcases Taylor's songwriting skills as well. And from here on out, the last couple of tracks Nevermore stand pretty strong. Cowboy Like Me has a very different vibe to it with a stunning background score showcasing the versatility of the guitar. And musically, it just stood out to me so much because it's one of the underrated pieces of the album. So Cowboy Like Me is very underrated and I would highly recommend to listen to that one. And then we have Long, Long Story Short, which is very peppy and it's weaved very well together. And then we have the 13th song on the album, which is Marjorie, which is probably the most important song to Taylor, as it's a tribute to her grandmother, Marjorie Finlay, who was an opera singer, and she actually passed away when Taylor was 13. So it's set up in a way to reflect the 13th track of Folklore, which is Epiphany. And like I said earlier, that was an ode to her grandfather, um, who served in the military. So lyrically, in Marjorie, Taylor delves into really deep memories and nostalgia while we see a playback of all her memories with her grandmother recorded on tape. And what's more mesmerizing about this piece is the backing vocals of her grandmother, um, who was, like I said earlier, she's an opera singer. So that connection just made Marjorie such an elevating song. And all in all, Marjorie is the best tribute to her grandmother, and it stands out due to its emotion portrayed through the songs and presentation of the song. Closure is the second-to-last track, and it's very rhythmic, but it does have its moments. The background track may seem incohesive when you are hearing it for the first time, but it does start to settle in after repeated streams. The song just feels different due to its 5-4 time signature, rather than the standard 4-4 time signature that we see a lot in music nowadays. But surprisingly... At least sonically, it fits really well in Evermore, despite the difference in time signature. The final song is called Evermore, and it's the perfect song to kind of end the album. It has a very soothing and slow ballad in the background that just fits right and seems to be the conclusive song for Evermore, despite the variety in the tracks in Evermore. It's loaded with imagery and seems to have some traces of an autobiographical touch in the lyrics. And we also have Bon Iver coming in there, and he compliments the song very well. And I do think I like it better than the previous collaboration, Exile from Folklore, because it contains better transitions and more vocal variety. So I think I've reached the end of all the tracks. And all in all, Evermore just gives us a lot more variety. And although it is a um, sister record to Folklore, I got very different vibes from Evermore due to the variety and emotions in the songs. And in Evermore, Taylor begins to use more subtle imagery 
and only gives bits and pieces of the story she's portraying in her lyrics, unlike folklore where the story she, she uh, portrays feels more rounded off. And additionally, I felt that Evermore doesn't have the connection between tracks that folklore had. So folklore focused on a love triangle through three of its songs, and they all sat very well with each other. Um, and other songs as well did actually blend very well with this love triangle theme, and they could be incorporated in that. But in Evermore, this connection was quite choppy because we have different emotions in the songs, which means we have different stories in the songs as well. But in a way, I'm really happy that Taylor experimented a lot more in Evermore while still staying original to the indie pop themes because she, she truly displayed her versatility and her impeccable songwriting skills. So my favorite songs from Evermore would definitely, definitely be Willow, Champagne Problems, Gold Rush, Nobody No Crime, Ivy, and Marjorie. I don't think I would be able to choose which album is better among Folklore and Evermore because both contain amazing songs and I definitely love this indie pop genre that Taylor has experimented in and she is doing it really really well and I would be super excited if we get another album to complete the trilogy as many people are speculating that due to the various easter eggs that she's dropped out and if you haven't listened to Evermore yet, you definitely should because it really stands out in all the albums that has been released in 2020, especially in my opinion. Um, both albums are actually perfect for any occasion, and in my opinion, Folklore and Evermore are the best albums she's ever created. So that was it. That was my Evermore album review. I hope you guys enjoyed this, and stay tuned for other podcasts.